This week on Raving Geeks, we're talking DC News, Venom, and the mantle of Captain America on the Raving Geeks. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Noah Bayshore. And I'm Steve Tiemann. And Steve is here with us. Ben is busy today, but uh, thank you so much, Steve, for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So uh, today we're going to be getting into some news, and later on we're going to be talking about uh, some Captain America stuff, some real cool Captain America stuff. Love and it. Potentially the future of the MCU and where that will take us. Uh, so the first bit of news is kind of a big deal, and it has to do with uh, DC. Uh, so we got Aquaman, and it's being pushed back to Christmas 2018 rather than its earlier release date. Seems pretty par for the course for DC at this point. Yeah, like it's it's, you know, after the Flash being uh you know delayed quotation marks, it's it's at this point it's not going to happen. Uh, it was once in 2018, but now it's kind of obvious that it for sure is not happening. Uh, but we got Aquaman being pushed back until Christmas. And uh, what are your feelings on that? Do you think that's going to hurt it at all, or do you think it's that's necessary for what is going on? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the reason why it's being pushed back. Maybe if, if it's something to do production-wise. I hadn't heard any issues coming out of Aquaman like we had coming out of the Batman and Flash. I believe James Wan is directing it. He's done some horror movies, I think. Like, overall, it sounds like everything's going pretty swell in yeah. terms of, like, casting yeah, and, like, casting's production. Yeah, casting's been no hiccups. Production seems to have been going good. So might it might be an overall DC slate thing as opposed to production issues. Yeah, because so. uh, I think it was on James Wan's Twitter or his Instagram. He posted some photos of some uh, beaches that they want to shoot in, uh, excuse me, uh, Hawaii. And it looks, like, really, really cool. Oh, cool. Like, so they really have, like, an idea of where they want to go and, like, what kind of, like, uh, aesthetic and, like, locations that they want to try out. Yeah, definitely. I also saw somewhere, I think Zack Snyder tweeted um, some real quick footage of Aquaman underwater. He's kind of swimming up to something and then landing on a rock or something. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was. Footage from Justice League, most likely. So, I mean, there, it's not like we're pushing Aquaman back, kind of pushing him into the corner. It's so, more so like adjusting to right. the overall like production of the universe. It's not necessarily like a negative thing with the movie because like it looks like it's gonna be okay. Because right. like speaking of the the footage, like it showed they are changing up the way they film Aquaman. Like in the uh, Batman versus Superman, they actually put Jason Momoa in like a actual water tank. Oh really? Yeah. But like with this, it's like they have him hooked up to this like huge, almost like robotic rig where he is like kind of being moved around, and it's almost like kind of how they film. Superman's flying scenes in a way where he's kind of like uh, elevated up. Okay, gotcha. And then they kind of CG the water around him, which is actually like a much better idea than doing the water tank. Cause, right. You know. Because people don't really move around like you would expect Aquaman to. Cause, exactly. Right. Like it, it just, it's not like a natural way of doing things. Like, and it's probably like a big strain on him. I mean, obviously like he is like a great swimmer and stuff. Like he said it himself, but like you can't, stay underwater for extended periods of time and not feel some kind of, you know, strain, right. you know? Unless you're Tom Cruise, who stayed under for, like, 10 minutes or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. So, I think this is, like, a really smart idea, like, talking about the, uh, in terms of how they film uh, the underwater scenes. Sure. But to, to add on to that, like, a possible reason why uh, they're delaying this, apparently Warner Brothers, because uh, The Flash isn't happening and there's this big gap with the movie is like uh 
Aquaman is the only movie in 2018 for DC, which is a big deal. And apparently they're trying to fast track uh, one of like this long list of movies right, potentially so for 2018. So we got Gotham City Sirens as an option. The Flash, which I don't foresee happening. Right. I just because with all the struggles that's been going on, like apparently they're rewriting it from page one from page one, because I guess the last draft of the script just wasn't good. It wasn't cutting it. Uh, so that's probably not going to happen. Uh, they also have Green Lantern, Suicide Squad 2, and Justice League Dark, a.k.a. Dark Universe, is what they're uh, dubbing it. That's like Constantine and uh, Swamp Edugan, Thing. Swamp Thing, stuff yeah, like that, right? exactly. Yeah. Okay. Which would be interesting. Uh, I guess out of these picks, like which one would you like to see? Looking at the list, I'm going to say Suicide Squad 2 is out. You think so? I, I mean... Personally, if I was in charge, but I mean, well, I guess, nobody cares what I think. I guess, like, a, which one would you want to see and which one do you think is the most realistic? Um, I don't know. Probably, again, as much as I don't like it, it's, it might be Suicide Squad just because it's it's more grounded. You yeah. don't have to do the crazy special effects that you would for Flash or Green Lantern. So they might end up going with that. We'll see if they can recover from the kicking that it got. Absolutely. And, and it's mixed. Some people are listening to this like, Steve, you're an idiot. Suicide Squad was great. I disagree, but that's fine. Um, I know Ben Ben is a big fan, but I, <laughs> I personally am not yeah. a fan of it, so I'm kind of there with you. Like, yeah. I would, I'd be okay if there wasn't another Suicide Squad right. movie in 2018. I'd, I'd like to see another movie introducing just a member of the Justice League. So Flash or Green Lantern, I think that would be cool. But both of those would take a lot of CGI and a lot of money to put into it. Well, so I feel like uh, out of those two, Green Lantern would be the most realistic because that has been like in development for like a couple of years now. I want to say, sure, yeah, like especially like the, I feel like they've been trying to cast everybody for a while, at least like trying to like you know poke at people like, hey, you want to do this? A yeah, couple of years down the really road, they're really tiptoeing. Yeah, so, after Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so I feel like with that, you know, them trying to take this thing seriously, I feel like that could be a possible uh, choice, which would be really cool. Yeah. And that would be pushing it forward. Yeah. Because back when... The CW thing. Right. Yeah. Like they, like you're, like you're saying. Yeah. And this goes back to the last time I was on the podcast. I talked about how DC kind of jumped the gun, in my opinion, because Marvel released their slate when they announced Civil War. And it's like, here's everything leading up to Infinity War. And DC felt the urge to catch up. Yeah. So Green Lantern Corps at that point was in 2020. So if they decide we want to get Green Lantern out possibly before the next Justice League movie. I think that's before Justice League 2. Yeah. To get Green Lantern an official member of the league, that might be something they could do, but that sounds like a lot of juggling on DC and Warner Brothers' part. I feel like they could pull it off. Like, uh, it, it probably would be hard, but I feel like that would be, like, a thing they could do. Yeah, I'd like to see it, too, because they're talking about m- either multiple Green Lanterns or, like, Jon Stewart. Yeah, and that's only something we've ever seen from like Justice League Unlimited and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm all for it. Let's see some Green Lantern, especially like in like a live action. Setting. Yeah, definitely. That would be so cool and like so different. Um, I guess for me, the one that's probably most realistic would probably be Suicide Squad or Gotham City Sirens because that one's more predominantly about Harley Quinn. And I guess if there was any takeaways from Suicide Squad, is that like everyone for the most part really liked uh, right. Uh, oh my gosh, I forget her name. I'm Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, take away my nerd card. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, because like she's got a big fan base now. And since that mo- that's more so about her, I could see them pushing that to the forefront rather than kind of leaving that behind. Yeah, definitely. And when when do they want the Batman to come out? 2019? Uh, I think they said it's going to 
film in 2018 at the earliest. And okay. So probably 2019 release date. Yeah, because I feel like Suicide Squad touched on this a little bit, how at least part of the squad was brought in by Batman. Yeah. So I feel like they could kind of touch on that again in Gotham City Sirens because it sounds like it'll actually be in Gotham. Yeah. So at some point they might be running from the bat, which I think would be cool. Like another aspect of Batman we've never seen, like he's just this... Almost like a horror movie. Yeah. Like, they're trying to get away from Batman. Like, oh, he's here. we got to get out of here. He's this, like, larger-than-life right. mythical figure. Right. He's hulking menace. Yeah. Which I think would be... Would to be see cool. it from, like, a, the villain's perspective. Yeah, exactly. So, those are kind of, like, what they're tossing around for 2018 to be released alongside Aquaman. I think that's really cool. Uh, let's just hope, like, they don't, you know, you know, run and gun. But, like, I right. feel like all of these have been in development for quite a while, and they just kind of have to pick the script and just go with it. Mm-hmm. I think it could be okay. Just, you know, like, lower the budget, you know, just simple story. Give the writers an actual decent amount of time to write the script. Exactly. David Ayer, David Ayer had, like, six weeks to write Suicide Squad. Which is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's not acceptable. So, yeah, I feel like they'll learn from their mistakes and kind of, you know, do it right. At least yeah. that's what I'm... Here's hoping. Here's I mean, hoping. I want it to be good. Personally, I'm more of a Marvel guy, but I like anything with a cave in it. If, if the movie has a cape in it, I'm there. I just want them to be good. So. Absolutely, man. Uh, so the next bit of news, uh, it's also kind of Warner Brothers related. This was a big controversial topic a couple days ago, but now it's kind of become more clarified. At first, I was like really apprehensive about it, but now I'm more so on board. So originally, uh, this happened a couple days ago. Uh, they There was a press release or kind of like a rumor thing from the Hollywood Reporter and Apparently, there was early talks for a Matrix movie to be developed starring Michael B. Jordan. And initially, it was uh, rumored to be a complete reboot of the movie. Okay. And Michael B. Jordan was going to be playing Neo. Now, new details have emerged. This is all rumor. This isn't okay. official. But I'm following. <laughs> apparently, Michael B. Jordan is actually going to be playing a young version of Morpheus. And it's actually going to be a prequel okay. to the Matrix movies. Gotcha. So... I love the idea of doing a prequel. I'm glad it's actually not going to be a reboot. If this, right, a if, retelling. Yeah, if this is all to be true, I'm really down for that. All right. What, yeah. what are your overall thoughts on that? So I actually, I've never seen The Matrix in its entirety. Okay. So kind of, this isn't really my area of expertise. I'm yeah. sorry to all the nerds out there. No, you're okay. But I actually started it a couple days ago with my roommates, and the world is... I mean, so far, the world's pretty interesting. I've heard the second and third movies aren't as good Neither. as opposed to the first one, which is like, oh, it's a classic. Yeah. So I think it'd be pretty interesting just to like see where, because well, at the beginning of the first one, it's just like, oh, Morpheus is just this, not a whole lot of people know about him. Like, what's where did he come from? Is what's this, his deal? Yeah, mysterious character. Exactly, yeah. So I think that'd be cool to see. You know, a different take on him and like a different look at it, like right. his past. I think that could be really cool. Uh I, yeah, like I've seen like all the Matrix movies. I'm kind of right there with with everybody else, like in terms of like the second and third one n- not being amazing. Mm-hmm. The first one is by far the best, hands down. Okay, it's so good. Uh, so like I'm on board with them, you know, kind of adding on to that universe and maybe like fleshing everything out a little bit more and like exploring new like you know ideas and right. like characters. And I think it could be really cool, uh, especially since like you know those uh, second and third movies weren't all that great. I feel like they could, you know, improve upon possibly what's already there and, like, kind of, like, stray towards maybe the first one yeah. and kind of the things that that one did. 
maybe we can get some confirmation of the fan theory that Matrix is a sequel to Terminator. That would have you be. Ever heard of that? Uh, I've not. So I guess I could be wrong. I remember reading it on Reddit at one point because obviously we know that in Terminator, the the machines become self-aware and attack humanity yeah. because they see them as a threat. But then the theory is that later on the machines win the war against humanity. So sorry, John Connor, you're done. But then they realize that humans are like a good source of energy, like in the Matrix. So then those timelines kind of merge. So the end of Terminator and the beginning of the Matrix kind of goes con- along. Connect. Yeah, that could be really cool. I wonder if they would ever consider doing that, especially since the uh, the state of the Terminator movies is so right. like you know <laughs> right right now. So that would be cool. But I'm I'm definitely on board with this, especially since they're saying now that it's a prequel, like a reboot. No, that's just. Yeah. Why? We've had enough reboots. Exactly. You know, either do an original idea or, you know, I guess if you want to do this, you know, just add on to it. You know, there's no point in rebooting it, especially since it's a story that everyone already kind of knows. Neo story. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's good that they're like taking it with Morpheus and bringing him to the forefront because that character is really cool. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So for our last bit of news, uh, it's been officially confirmed by Sony that the Venom standalone movie that was... Uh, you know, kind of talked about in the Sony leaks, the, the email leaks, because yep. they've been talking about doing like uh, spinoffs and stuff for ages. The uh, the Venom solo movie, which has been in talks for a long time, finally now has an official release date, uh, October 5th of 2018. Okay. And Alex Kurtzman, the guy who's directing this new uh, Mummy movie with, uh, uh, my gosh, Tom, uh, Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. Uh, the guy who's directing that is going to be directing the new Venom movie, and it's really uh you know rumored to be rated r that's what cool. they're saying uh so well what are you what's your take on it i'm just wondering if they're gonna put it in the mcu and if not yeah what what's the plan if it's not in the mcu because i feel like well how uh, let's see because obviously we've had venom before in spider-man 3 spider-man 3 two yeah. mixed results mm-hmm. my roommate who's listening is going to defend spider-man 3 to his dying breath really? because of toby dance really kind of Okay. <laughs> we just joke he, around. He's, he's a great dancer. Toby McGuire is a great dancer. <laughs> but um yeah, I think that'd be really cool to finally have an R-rated movie in the MCU. We'll see if Disney would go for that. If not, maybe have Sony say this is this is our R-rated movie and then Disney could kind of take that character and maybe tame him for a Spider-Man movie in the future. But I think the concept's really cool. Maybe they could do like an Agent Venom that would be kind really of run with it, or even like a horror movie style with that, Venom. Yeah, that's kind of what I would want them to do with it is treat it more like in the horror aspect, where like, you know, Venom is this anti-hero esque figure, but like it's way more like horrific. Like yeah. he he is a monster. Yeah, like that. I think that would be like a really cool side to explore in terms of like direction and stuff. Like make it like, ah, uh, what's a good movie to compare it to? Like almost like Alien. Yeah, but like, uh, kind of like in the same vein as like some more like recent like horror movies uh i don't know like well there's that there's that movie that's gonna come out with like ryan reynolds and um jake gyllenhaal on the iss with that alien from mars or whatever did you hear about the rumor with that maybe uh what did you hear okay there's there's a rumor that uh so that movie that movie called life yeah what you're talking about i guess it's rumored because like that that movie is a sony pictures production right uh, apparently, fans are speculating that that movie is actually a prequel 
to the upcoming Venom movie explaining how Venom got to Earth. That would be a really cool way of introducing that. Like, maybe if they want to, like, tie it into the MCU, like, just kind of camera pans past something with, like, Stark Industries written on it. Like, yeah. Oh, he's bu- he built parts for the ISS or whatever. It would be as simple so, as that. Right, yeah. And then it's, like, you you really got to watch for it and then, like, wait for the YouTube Easter egg videos. Like, oh, no way, Stark Industries, this is an MCU movie. Yeah. And that'd be a really cool way to kind of, like, branch out the kind of movies that, that Disney and Marvel make. Yeah. Because they're all, they all kind of have this, like, they're fun adventure superhero movies, but, like, we've never really seen a darker yeah. MCU movie. And as we've all seen, I'm assuming everybody's seen Logan at this point. Uh, Maybe. Let's just say, like, okay, if you haven't seen Logan, spoilers, so go ahead. Well, it's rated R, and it's really good. And Deadpool was also rated R, and it was also really good. Yeah. So I feel like maybe Marvel could see the writing on the wall and be like, if we do it right, an R-rated anti-hero or superhero or supervillain movie could be pretty good. So Absolutely. let's let's kind of do this in the background, secret, secret, bam, Venom movie. That could be really cool. Because there's uh, other movies out there that have kind of played with the same idea where then, like, it is connected to this whole other thing and nobody has any idea about. Like, so that would be really cool to take that idea and throw it in there with, uh, with like, Venom and Marvel and stuff. I'd be really curious to see if this is, is going to be in the MCU. I'm kind of thinking no, because some people are saying, like, maybe it'll be in its own standalone universe or maybe attached back to the Amazing Spider-Man movies because mm-hmm. uh, people are saying, well, I guess if Fox and Marvel could do two versions of Twi- uh, Twixilver, uh, <laughs> Quicksilver, like maybe they could do two versions of Spider-Man at the same time, except yeah. one is much more kid-friendly and the other one takes place in a universe that is like much more adult. Okay, yeah. I could see that, and I would be curious to see, would they get Andrew Garfield back? Probably not, but like, what if? That would be kind of cool. That would be, yeah. Uh, and then, like, if not him, who would they get? And would the movie have all that much of a focus on Spider-Man? Would it be? Would Venom actually be Eddie Brock, or would he be Flash Thompson? Uh, th- there's like a lot of stuff they could do with it. And I think, I think it has the potential to be a really cool movie. And I'm curious to see uh, if they'll ever release any like concept art or like, you know, stuff like that. Because like it has to start production, uh, like, this summer. Right. Like, early summer, because, like, it's coming out in 2018. So, I think it's going to be really cool, and I'm really excited to hear some more news about it. Yeah, 2018, I think, is going to be a good year oh, gosh. for superhero movies. We're getting Black Panther, we're getting Infinity War, Venom, Aquaman, unknown DC title. It's hurting my wallet, man. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like, I only have year. so much money. Uh, so, that's basically it for news. But I'm going to throw it your way for some Star Wars stuff. What's going on All in right. the Star Wars so universe? A, so I got a little bit of news. Um, Star Wars Rebels, the latest season wrapped up with the new episode. It's called Twin Sons. And some people like it. I'm kind of struggling with it. If Spoilers. First off, spoilers for the last episode of Rebels. I'm kind of struggling with it because we got a resolution to a pitch that I have been advocating for for quite a while. The final meetup of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul on the sands of Tatooine. I've been saying, well, first off, I've been in the camp of having an Obi-Wan spinoff anthology film ever since they announced like Rogue One. It's like they were tossing names around Han Solo, Yoda, Boba Fett, Obi-Wan. It's like, that'd be really, really cool because we have that huge stretch of time. Oh yeah. Like the lost years of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine. What's he doing? What's he up to? There's like a 16 year span or something. Something like that. Yeah. Like uh, bring back Ewan McGregor. Right. He was... I think... He was the best part of the prequels. As, yeah, as much crap as the prequels get, most people tend to agree that Ewan McGregor did a really good job as Obi-Wan. And thanks to Clone Wars and Rebels, we now know that Darth Maul 
survived that through the dark side and robot legs and whatever. So they resolved it on this last episode of Rebels. I kind of went in and out of watching the season. What I got out of it was Darth Maul was kind of tempting Ezra to the dark side a little bit. Interesting. And using him kind of as a way to get to Kenobi. As like a pawn. That's Right. Okay. So the episode ends with Ezra. He finds Obi-Wan and he's sitting around a campfire in the desert and... It's old Ben Kenobi, and they got, I believe it's the guy who voiced Admiral Raddus for Rogue One, the Mon Calamari guy, and he does a really good job doing an Alec Guinness impression, and Darth Maul shows up, he's like, I tricked you, Ezra, I just did this to get to Kenobi, or whatever. That whole spiel? Yeah. So then Ezra rides off, because Obi-Wan's like, well, I'll handle this, and they have this talk, and it's like, "How look how old you are, and blah, blah, blah. They're kind of digging at each other, and they're about to fight. And Obi-Wan does the episode three, like two pose. fingers pointed at him. But then he shifts his stance to, like, the old school Qui-Gon episode one pose. And Darth Maul just rushes him. And he tries to do the move that he got Qui-Gon with. But Obi-Wan kind of sees it, gets out of the way, chops his lightsaber in half, and cuts him down the chest. And he dies. And he kills Darth Maul. And you, you showed me this clip. This is, like, so instantaneous it, that this happens. This it's whole sequence. literally, they clash lightsabers twice, and then he's down, and he's dead. And right before, I really, the part of it that I did like was the conversation that they had. Because oh, yeah. they're kind of digging at each other, and he's trying to get a rise out of Obi-Wan. Like, hey, remember all this, the bad stuff that I did to you? And Obi-Wan is just this measured, wise old Jedi. And then he mentions, you're not out here just for no reason. You're here for something or someone and you kind of see this look in Ben's eyes like oh it's probably gotta, Luke gotta gotta watch out for Luke here yeah. this, this is important and then as after he strikes down Darth Maul he's kind of laying there and Obi-Wan's kind of like holding him and he's like is it the chosen one and Obi-Wan says yes it is and then he dies and he closes his eyes and I mean it like that in itself is great right yeah I just I don't know I kind of I also don't want like a 10 minute lightsaber fight of doing flips and stuff yeah but a little more than that, guys. Come on. Yeah. That would have been a great movie. And you said and you, this was, like, the, the first time they actually, like, interacted with Obi-Wan? It was just kind of that episode? Um, I think there's a hologram of young Obi-Wan saying, but like, stay away from the temple! Physically, like, Ezra and Obi-Wan interacting? Like, yes. that was it? Yep. Wow. And it's, I feel like... If they were to do it on Rebels, they totally could have, right. like, extended that and got to know... Exactly. ...what Obi-Wan was doing. If not making an anthology film, because you're going to get the argument... Not everybody watches Clone Wars and Rebels. Not everybody's going to know Darth Maul's alive. So you're going to get a, a feature film and see him again. Like, I thought he died. I've only seen the, the six main movies. So with that in mind, draw those episodes out. Make it like a five or six episode story arc. Yeah, rather than of, just like a one bit of like one episode. Right, of Obi-Wan discovering Darth Maul is on Tatooine. And I feel like the issue of protecting Luke should have been way more important. Oh, yeah. And like... That could have been an episode in itself, exactly. is like, like Obi Wan and like Luke or something. Trying not, not to, like, yeah. I mean, maybe not interacting. incorporating Luke, but like just trying to head off Darth Maul, trying to keep him from getting to Luke, and then having that final confrontation. It could have even been that short because there are obviously there is the argument that Obi Wan, he was a master of like his form of lightsaber combat, and it's like a really defensive style. That's why he was able to keep Grievous and Anakin at bay for so long, just these super aggressive fighters. So he's really good at defending himself and ending fights quickly. So I can see the argument to why he put down Maul so quickly, but come on, guys. Yeah. It was two hits. It should have been more drawn out a little bit, you know? 
it should have been more drawn out. Yeah. It's like Darth Maul was one of the most underused characters since Boba Fett in the original trilogy, For and sure. you resolve that seventeen year conflict in two strikes. So that's at, to me that kind of seemed like a ploy for like higher ratings like oh this right. is gonna be the big moment it's gonna get a little dark in this kid show and they wait until the last minute of the episode and that's when it happened and, yep. s- and like that that's all and I I just felt like that was like kind of like a, a tr- thing to try to get as many people to watch it as possible yeah definitely which is kind of ridiculous because if you you know draw it out over like a span of like like a good chunk of the season exactly you'll get consistently that many people watching because yeah. people will watch that confrontation exactly because people miss the Clone Wars yeah because it was actually it dark, was a, and good guys actually died, and the stormtroopers, well, cool. I, yeah. A complaint I've heard in, in Rebels is like the stormtroopers are just complete bumbling idiots, and they're supposed to be like the fist of this fascist regime yeah. coming down on the galaxy, and they're just bumbling idiots. Like, huh? There's a kid here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a kid show, so. But I, I, need, I, to, I need to take all this with a grain of salt and yeah. stop being so serious about it. But oh, you're passionate about eh, it. Yeah, it's fine. I could. <laughs> but that that's I think you make a lot of good points for sure. But that's basically gonna wrap up our news segment. We're gonna go cut to a quick break and we'll be right back. We're gonna talk about the mantle of Captain America and the future of the MCU. Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. And we're back. So we're going to get into some pretty cool stuff with Captain America and some, you know, sad stuff. Uh, But... The thing we're focusing on is uh, Chris Evans leaving his role as Captain America. Now, Esquire did an interview with him, and in that interview, they talked about how he seemed like so physically worn out because he had just got back from uh, either shooting or training for his role in Infinity War. And in the interview, like they like didn't quote him, but basically they said after his contract is fulfilled with Infinity War... Uh, Chris Evans is going to be done with Captain America, which is a pretty big deal because he's he's been doing this for like how many years since like 2011? I want to say something like that. Yeah, it was like like a long time. Uh, so I think that's really interesting, and it's also like it's it's bittersweet because uh, he's fantastic as Captain America, but I think I think it's okay. It's that, gonna be the end of an era. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes like that, like in the same vein as Wolverine. Like sometimes. It's best to just, you know, tie that knot and, like, let it go. Right. Rather than to, to drag it on, maybe. And I know a lot of people were really emotional about, like, the end of Hugh Jackman being Wolverine. I feel like, even though it wasn't as long, Chris Evans as Captain America is going to be that way for me. Winter Soldier is my absolute favorite movie of all time. It, I can watch it over yeah. and over and over again. Civil War is right up there. So seeing him pass on the shield or whatever's going to happen, is it's going to be tough. Absolutely. And potentially, like... You know, like we we don't know at this point what's going to happen to him. Is he going to die? Is, is he, he just going to retire? Yeah, like and we, then we don't know. Right? Uh, how would you take that on? Like, what do you think you would want to do with it? Like, how would you treat that? I mean, I'm not sure because I feel like at some point, at least a lot of the Avengers are going to die, and somebody good is going to get the Infinity Gauntlet and like revive them with like the combined power of the stones or whatever. Yeah, but I feel like. I can see Steve Rogers either 
either they'll just like, keep him dead. He's like, he's at peace now. He's been at war for forever since 1945. We'll just let him rest. Yeah. Or he'll just like retire and just like hang up the shield and then maybe do what a lot of people have been saying Tony Stark should do and just like kind of pop in every now and then as like an advisor. Yeah. He could be like advise like the Avengers or like be a part of shield or whatever. So I think, well, who do you think he should hand the shield off to? Cause there's two real big contenders at the moment. Yeah. Out of everyone, like there, it's obviously only two because you know, in terms of the comics, like it's only been two at least so far. I think there's been like, get like a u.s agent in there every yeah. now and then but he's a little different uh so what we're talking about is uh bucky barnes and sam wilson the falcon and the winter soldier these are the main contenders to who could potentially be the next captain america i personally think sam is the most likely candidate in terms of the universe the movie universe i think so too uh yeah uh because plain plainly like i don't think bucky at this point in the public eye has earned the mantle whatsoever. Exactly. There, I feel like there would be a bit of an uproar if it was announced that a former Hydra KGB assassin... Terrorist. Terrorist, who a lot of people probably know, don't know that he didn't kill a lot of people. Yeah, like all they least. saw what was on like CNN or whatever. Right. Oh, he killed the King of Wakanda. Why are we letting this guy be Captain America? I he feel blew like, up the UN meeting. Right. Like, Your average Joe Q person... Would despise that. Would Yeah, they would have no idea. They would flip out. Yeah. Uh, so I can see... Sam Wilson taking up the mantle especially I recently read some all new all different Avengers comics and um, you got it's like Iron Man Thor Captain America and Captain America in that is Sam Wilson and he's a really good character so I can I can see that I can get behind that absolutely uh, I, I think it would be really interesting to see how they approach that moment where then like he is passing on the shield and I think because Sam and uh, Steve have had that close like friendship throughout these movies I think that's gonna be like a really poignant moment right uh, I think it'll be really interesting to watch and probably like really like like sad mm-hmm. and I think it'll be really cool to watch for sure definitely uh, so in terms of like the future of these movies talking about uh, you know people walking away away after their contracts have been fulfilled so like we got like Robert Downey Jr. Chris Hemsworth uh, Mark Ruffalo, he's probably going to stay around. I would imagine, yeah. Because like, all he has to do is like the, the mo- motion he capture. shows up and they put some dots on his face and yeah. like, all right, hulk around a little bit. Yeah, so like he'll, he'll stick around. Yeah. But like uh, Chris Hemsworth, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Sam Jackson. Even like Jeremy Renner at some point. Like. Yeah, Jeremy Renner, Scarlett Johansson. Who do you, th- like, do you think these people are going to stick around? Like how do you think they're going to approach it in terms of like writing them off or maybe just killing them off altogether? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I know there is talk of a Black Widow movie. Yeah. Eventually, so they'll probably keep her around. Iron Man, I feel like, is the big one just because Robert yeah. Downey Jr. shows up so much and they have to pay him so much money to do it. Yeah. So I can maybe see him doing kind of what he's doing in Spider Man Homecoming, just being like that advisory role to the Avengers and maybe occasionally putting on the suit once in a while. But then there haven't really been a whole lot of replacements for him in the comics. I mean, Rhodey's done it at one point. Now we have Riri Williams, I guess, who's like this she's MIT like, yeah. 16-year-old girl or whatever. Yeah. She's getting a lot of traction. She's pretty cool, I, I guess. I could see them doing that a few years down the road. Right. I, I don't see them jumping right into that. Like, hey, here you go. Yeah, I think they'll probably, like, I don't think they'll kill off Iron Man. I don't think so. I think they might kill off Captain America, but I think with Robert Downey Jr., they'll, you know, maybe... I don't think they'll bring him back after Infinity War, but, like, I think they'll figure out some way to write off Iron Man, say he's, like, retired or something, mm-hmm. or he's going to do, go do something else. And then, like, after 
maybe like 10 years or so after like a phase right they'll bring back iron man but like james bond it and like recast someone that's like yeah definitely that's like a, asking a lot because it's robert downey jr's role mm-hmm. but like i feel like that's what they would do i think iron man is too too much of an important character to then like just flat out kill definitely. off and even like just in the universe in the movie universe and like if you look at the comics tony stark has his fingers on a lot of pies so they can do a lot with him they could make him head of shield or which would be really cool he could just keep going doing his philanthropy thing which would also be good so, yeah, I would agree with you. They, they can do a lot with him that doesn't involve Thanos punching a hole in his chest. So, like, uh, with that in mind, like, who do you think, as, as these people kind of, like, fade away or kind of take a, a sidebar, uh, who do you think is going to be brought to the forefront to be kind of, like, the new leaders of this world? I think you have to look at, like, the character, like, the characteristics of, like, each of, like, the three big ones. So you have, you look at Tony Stark, he's, like, this snarky, rich guy, smart ass who's got cool powers and you look at Captain America and he's not quite as powered he has incredible abilities he's a natural leader then you look at Thor he's got powers like beyond anything he's like their version of Superman so you kind of look at like who they have and who's coming up I personally I would put Doctor Strange in the Iron Man role just because absolutely first off the goatee (laughs) and he has like a similar personality not exactly Exactly. but to to Tony a little bit yeah so I feel like they'll lean heavily on him. Black Panther, I can see fulfilling the Captain America role. And then Captain Marvel for Thor. You think so? I really think so, because they're going to bank a whole lot on Brie Larson. Yeah, for sure. Because... She's amazing. At this point, at the point that Captain Marvel comes out, we're going to have one movie with a female lead, and that's going to be Wonder Woman. And we don't know how good that's going to be. It might be good. It might not be good, because it's DC. But at that point... And I believe Kevin Feige, like, in a press conference at one point, said she is going to be this universe's Superman. Which so, is saying a lot. Which is, yeah, exactly. It's immense. So I think we're going to see a lot out of her, and I think she's going to be really good because Brie Larson is... She's a fantastic she's actress. incredible. She's doing a lot more action-y stuff. I feel like getting ready for this. She was she was in Kong, mm-hmm. and I saw today it was on Facebook. It's like... Yeah, I know. Uh, Catch Fire or something like that. Free Fire? Free Fire, yep. Like, it's basically like her and a bunch of people, and they're doing, like, a gun or drug deal thing yeah. in a warehouse and the whole movie is just them shooting at each other and it's like an action comedy yeah. mm-hmm. it looks great and she's in it and like but yeah she's been doing a lot of action stuff and I think that's really cool yeah and she's been reading a lot of comics yep and that sort of thing which I think is awesome and it shows that she genuinely cares about like this role and understands the significance and uh, responsibility of it and I think that's amazing yeah and then I think also I feel like uh this is just me hoping because he's my favorite. Uh, they'll have Spider-Man in the forefront. I was just going to say more Spider-Man. Like maybe not as a leader, obviously, because like he's a kid, but kind right. of like that guy who's there who is like, you know, like everyone's kind of like favorite in a way. Yeah, definitely. That like you see the potential there to be a leader one day. Maybe yeah. not now, but, you know, a little while from you, now. You got spunk, kid. Yeah. We'll, we'll be watching you. But yeah, I mean, just like the reaction that he got like from Civil War, everybody was super excited. Spider-Man Homecoming is going to make so much money. You have no idea how excited I am. They are going to be laughing all the way to the bank. Oh, yeah. They're going to make so much money, especially since Iron Man is in it. Exactly. It's going to make bank. And who else? Um, Personally, Ant-Man. I like Ant-Man. Yeah. He's kind of of been on the side. His movie was a pretty average Marvel movie. Yeah. But then he was Giant-Man. So everybody liked Ant-Man again. So I think people are going to pay a lot of attention to his next movie. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I think that is going to be really cool, and I'm really excited to see Wasp brought in and her 
potential interactions down the road with the Avengers. Yeah, I definitely. Think that could be really. I forgot cool. about Wasp. Yeah. So yeah. Like we haven't we have like we haven't even seen that, and I think that's gonna be great. Yeah. They showed the suit, I think, briefly in the post credit in the post credit scene. scene. So which yeah. was awesome. More of that. Yeah. But that basically wraps it up. We had that cool conversation about the future of the Marvel Universe. We Okay, so we have a Twitter. We have a Facebook. So let us know, what are you thinking of all this stuff? What do you think is going to happen in the future of the MCU? Who do you want to take the mantle of Captain America? It's a big deal. What are your feelings on Chris Evans potentially leaving or maybe Robert Downey Jr. or any of these other big important characters uh, and their actors. If you want to call us out for being paid off by Marvel and saying everything they do is great, go right ahead. I wish they paid me. Yeah, right? I would be so cool. But yeah, <laughs> let us know your thoughts uh, on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can listen to us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on the cm-life.com website. But that's pretty much it. Steve, thanks so much for being on the episode. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, So yeah, see you next time, same bat time, and same bat place. Bye. This week on Raving Geeks, we're talking... Oh, damn it. Oh, my God.